Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. This is the Horror Shots Podcast. I think Bigfoot's blurry. That's the problem. It's not the photographer's fault. Bigfoot is blurry, and that's extra scary to me. There's a large, out-of-focus monster roaming around the countryside. Run. He's fuzzy. Get out of here. Mitch Hedberg. Hello once again and welcome back to yet another Horror Shots podcast with me, Casey. I know it's been about two, maybe even three weeks since I put up a cast. It's been crazy, I've been busy, a lot of stuff going on in my life right now, and I just didn't have the time to sit down and write and do research and record an entire podcast. But here I am, I'm back, and hopefully I'll be able to continue, you know, once a week, still might have to bump up to once every other week. Just, it's been crazy working the job I'm at right now. Don't get a whole lot of free time, and I don't get paid a whole lot either, which kind of sucks. But, you know, that's beside the point. Of course, there's always some housekeeping to get done, and I got some new information as well, in case you're interested. First up, I do want to thank you for listening, as per always. It means so much to me every time I see a new download on my uh, stats page. It makes me feel all warm and fuzzy inside, so thank you very much. And of course, if you do want to support me in other ways, such as monetary means, you can absolutely do so at my Patreon account at patreon.com slash horror shots. Follow me on Twitter at horror shots pod or, and this is a newish one. I've had this account for a while, but I've never really advertised it for whatever reason. You can find me on Instagram at Horror Shots Photography. And here's the exciting part. If you follow me or you want to follow me, send me a message. The first six people to send me a message on Instagram will receive one of my books for free. So you just got to say, hey, I followed you. I listened to the podcast. And I'll say, cool, what's your address? And I'll send you one of my books. I've got two of them. You have the choice of Lizzie or Necromancy and Other Mystical Things. Lizzie being straight up horror book and uh, necromancy being a little bit more of a comedy, sort of like a Christopher Moore meets Douglas Adams style thing. Whichever one you fancy, I'll send it your way. First six people. We'll call it the first six people while quantities last. I think I have about five of each book currently available to me just without having to order new ones in any way. So if that's something that interests you, follow me on Instagram at Horror Shots Photography. And if you already do, that's awesome. Just uh, send me a message either way. But if you're new, send me a message, follow, and Boom, you get a free book. But on to today's cast, we are going back to the cryptids and the cryptozoology in general. This is part two. I might do some more. I don't know if I'll follow it up directly with a third part. Might break it up. Might go back to the uh, Vampire Watcher's Handbook. But today we're going to focus on one and one cryptid only. And you probably guessed it from the Mitch Hedberg quote. I wanted to go for something a little bit serious as per always, but I thought Mitch Hedberg's a funny guy. Rest in peace, big guy, as well. But um, I thought that quote was super funny. And I've heard him do it live. And nobody can deliver it quite like he does. So it may not sound as funny until you get to the last part where he's like, run, she's fuzzy, get out of here. But still, it's a, it's a funny quote. And it's sort of relevant to the cast, considering we're talking about Bigfoot today. So I've done some research and I've got some information from the internet as well as various documentaries I've seen over the years and there are no shortage of Bigfoot documentaries out there. So I guess we'll just start at the beginning with the description. What does Bigfoot look like? 
Well, people claim to have seen Bigfoot, describing it as a large, hairy, muscular, bipedal, ape-like creature, roughly six to nine feet tall, covered in hair, described as black, dark brown, or dark reddish. The enormous footprints for which the creature is named are claimed to be as large as 24 inches long and 8 inches wide. So two feet long, that's a big foot. Some footprint casts have also been made, and they show to have been contained claw marks within them, making it likely that they came from a known animal such as a bear, which tend to have five toes and claws. So it's not definitive that Bigfoot exists just from these casts itself, but maybe a rather large bear. Or maybe Bigfoot does have some claws on his feet. You never know, maybe he's never trimmed those toenails. I've seen my dad's toenails, and yeah, they could be mistaken for, like, talons. It's disturbing. But I digress, continuing back on to Bigfoot. According to David Dagling, the legends existed before there were any names for the creature. They differed in their details both regionally and between families in the same community. Similar accounts and legends of wild men are found on every continent except Antarctica. Ecologist Robert Pyle argues that most creatures have accounts of human-like giants in their folk history, expressing a need for something larger than life. Each language had its own name for the creature featured in their local version of the legend. Many names meant something along the lines of wild man or hairy man, Although other names described common actions that it was said to perform, such as eating clams or shaking trees. Chief Michel of the Nalaka Pamuks at Leighton, British Columbia, told such a story to Charles Hill Tout in 1898. He named the creature by a Salishan variant, meaning the benign-faced one. Members of the Lumi tell tales about Simekawis, the local version of Bigfoot. The stories are similar to each other in the general descriptions of the Semakwis, but details differed among various family accounts concerning the creature's diet and activities. Some regional versions tell more threatening creatures. The Staihaha, or Kui Kwai, were a nocturnal race. Children were warned against saying the names, lest the monster hear and come carry a person off, sometimes to be killed. In 1847, Paul Kane reported stories by the Indians about Skookums, a race of cannibalistic wild men living in the peaks of Mount St. Helens in southern Washington state. Less menacing versions have also been recorded, such as one by Reverend Alcana Walker from 1840. Walker was a Protestant missionary who recorded stories of giants among the Indians living near Spokane, Washington. The Indians said that these giants lived on and around the peaks of nearby mountains and stole salmon from the fishermen's nets. In the 1920s, Indian agent J.W. Burns compiled local stories and published them in a series of Canadian newspaper articles. They were accounts told to him by the Cis Ally. I am probably saying that very wrong. S-T-S apostrophe A-I-L-E-S. Cis Alice? Forgive me if anybody is from there or is one of those peoples. But the accounts were told to him by these people of the Chehelas and others. The Cis Alice and other regional tribes maintained that Sasquatch was real. They were offended by people telling them that the figures were legendary. According to accounts, the Sasquatch preferred to avoid white men and spoke the Lillouette language of the people at Port Douglas, British Columbia, at the head of Harrison Lake. These accounts were published again in 1940. Burns borrowed the term Sasquatch from the Hello Kalem, 
and used it in his articles to describe a hypothetical single type of creature portrayed in the local stories. The name Bigfoot was first recorded by Americans in the late 19th century. Spotted Elk, also called Chief Bigfoot, was a well-known Lakota leader who was killed during the Wounded Knee Massacre in 1890. He was famous in his time and may have been the namesake for two fabled bears in the West. In the late 19th and early 20th centuries, at least two enormous marauding grizzly bears were widely noted in the press and each named Bigfoot. This may have inspired the common name for the ape creature and been a matter of confusion in early stories. That makes sense. Just to me it does, anyway. The first grizzly bear, Bigfoot, was reportedly killed near Fresno, California in 1895 after killing sheep for 15 years. His weight was an estimated 2,000 pounds. The second one was active in Idaho in the 1890s and early 1900s, between the Snake and Salmon Rivers and nearly supernatural powers were attributed to it. Nearly twice the size of an ordinary grizzly, Bigfoot for years had levied his tribute of prime steers, and no one had been found brave enough or clever enough to catch or kill him. With a single blow of his giant paw, he kills the largest and best animals he can find, and he usually takes the pick of the herd. He makes a single meal of the animal, and it is usually a meal that would provide a camp full of men for a week. The bear then disappears, never to return locally to that region again, especially in that season. So those are some of the descriptions of Bigfoot and what could be mistaken for Bigfoot. Obviously, bears are a common one. Wolves, kind of another one. Giant wolves, like the one from The Grey, the Liam Neeson movie. But mostly bears, and it makes sense, especially in the early days when Bigfoot was just starting to be a thing in the, I guess, mainstream world. And it didn't help that there were two bears called Bigfoot, one that would just kill anything it wanted because it was so massive. But how about some actual sightings, a whole whack of them? And I'm not going to be able to get to them all because there's thousands reported every year. But we will be able to get to a couple of them anyway. A few, if I feel crazy. About one-third of all claims of Bigfoot sightings are located in the Pacific Northwest. So, B.C., Washington sort of area. While the remaining reports are spread throughout the rest of North America. Most reports are considered mistakes or hoaxes, even by those researchers who say that Bigfoot exists. Bigfoot has indeed become better known and has since become a phenomenon in popular culture. And sightings have spread throughout North America. Rural areas of the Great Lake regions and the southeastern United States have been sources of numerous reports of Bigfoot sightings as well, in addition to the Pacific Northwest. The debate over the legitimacy of Bigfoot sightings reached its peak in 1970s, and Bigfoot has been regarded as the first widely popularized example of a pseudoscience in North American culture. Of course, with sightings, we have to look at the hoaxes. Both Bigfoot believers and non-believers agree that many of the reported sightings are hoaxes or misidentified animals. Author Jerome Clark argues that the Jacko affair was a hoax, involving an 1888 newspaper report of an ape-like creature captured in British Columbia. He cites research by John Green, who found that several contemporaneous British Columbia newspapers regarded the alleged capture as highly dubious, and notes that the mainland guardian of the new Westminster British Columbia wrote, Absurdity is written on the face of it. 
Tom Biscardi is a longtime Bigfoot enthusiast and CEO of Searching for Bigfoot, Inc. He appeared on the Coast to Coast AM Paranormal Radio Show on July 14, 2005, and said that he was 98% sure that his group will be able to capture a Bigfoot, which they had been tracking in the Happy Camp, California area. A month later, he announced on the same radio show that he had access to a captured Bigfoot and was arranging a pay-per-view event for people to see it. He appeared on Coast to Coast AM again a few days later to announce that there was indeed no captive Bigfoot. He blamed an unknown woman for misleading him, said that the show's audience was gullible. On July 9th, 2008, Rick Dyer and Matthew Witten posted a video to YouTube claiming that they had discovered the body of a dead Sasquatch in a forest in northern Georgia. Tom Biscardi was contacted to investigate. Dyer and Witten received 50 grand from Searching for Bigfoot, Inc. in a good faith gesture. The story was covered by many major news networks, including BBC, CNN, ABC News, and the dreaded Fox News. Soon after a press conference, the alleged Bigfoot body was discovered in a block of ice in a freezer with the Searching for Bigfoot team. When the contents were thawed, observers found the hair was not real, the head was hollow, and the feet were rubber. Dyer Witten admitted that it was indeed a hoax after being confronted by Steve Culls, executive director of SasquatchDetective.com. That's a website that should get a lot of attention. It's a great name. In August 2012, a man in Montana was killed by a car while perpetrating a Bigfoot hoax using a ghillie suit. In January 2014, Rick Dyer perpetrator of a previous Bigfoot hoax, said that he had killed a Bigfoot creature in September 2012 outside San Antonio, Texas. He said that he had scientific tests performed on the body from DNA tests to 3D optical scans to body scans. It's the real deal. It's Bigfoot, and Bigfoot's here, and I shot it, and now I'm going to prove it to the world, he said. Uh, he also said that he kept the body in a hidden location and that he intended to take it on a tour across North America in 2014. He released photos of the body and a video showing a few individual reactions to seeing it, but never released any of the tests or scans. He refused to disclose the tests or to provide biological samples. He said that the DNA results were done by an undisclosed lab and could not be matched to identify any known animal. Dyer said that he would reveal the body and tests on February 9th, 2014 at a news conference at the Washington University, but he never made the test results available. After the Phoenix tour, the Bigfoot body was taken to Houston. On May 28th, 2014, Dyer admitted on his Facebook page that his Bigfoot, quote-unquote Bigfoot corpse, was another hoax. He had paid Chris Russell of Twisted Toy Box to manufacture the prop from latex foam and camel hair, which he nicknamed Hank. Dyer earned approximately $60,000 from the tour of his second fake Bigfoot corpse, and he said that he did kill a Bigfoot, but did not take the real body on tour for fear that it would be stolen. A typical story, if I do say so myself. Bigfoot proponents Grover Krantz and Jeffrey H. Bourne believed that Bigfoot could be a relict population of giant epithecus. All Giantopithecus fossils were found in Asia, but according to Bourne, many species of animals migrated across the Bering Land Bridge, and he suggested that Giantopithecus might have done so as well. Fossils of said species have not been found in the Americas. The only recovered fossils are of mandibles and teeth, leaving uncertainty about Giantopithecus locomotion. Krantz has argued that Giantopithecus black eye could have been bipedal, 
based on his extrapolation of the shape of its mandible. However, the relevant part of the mandible is not present in any fossils. An alternative view is that giant Pachythus was a quadrupedal. The species' enormous mass would have made it very difficult for it to adopt a bipedal gait. Matt Cartmill criticizes the Giantopithecus hypothesis. As such, the trouble with his account is that the species was not a hominin, and maybe not even a crown group hominoid. Yet the physical evidence implies that Bigfoot is an upright biped with buttocks and a long, stout, permanently adducted hallux. These are hominin autopomorphoses, not found in other mammals or bipeds. It seems unlikely that Giantopithecus would have evolved these uniquely hominin traits in parallel. Bernard G. Campbell writes that Giantopithecus is, in fact, extinct and has been questioned by those who believed it survived as the Yeti of the Himalayas or the Sasquatch of the Northwest American coast. But the evidence for these creatures is not convincing. And if I never have to say Giantopithecus again, it'll be too soon. I hate that word now. It is my least favorite word in the English dictionary. I just said it 40 times in about 35 seconds. Ridiculous. There are, indeed, though, other theories behind Bigfoot. We'll call it theories, such as extinct hominidae. Primatologist John R. Napier and anthropologist George Stratzenberg have suggested a species of Paranthropus as a possible candidate for Bigfoot's identity, such as the... Paranthropus robustus with its gorilla-like crested skull and bipedal gait. Despite the fact that fossils of Paranthropus are found only in Africa. Kind of puts a damper on the whole American living ape sort of thing. But I digress. Continuing on, Michael Rugg of the Bigfoot Discovery Museum presented a comparison between human, Giantopithecus, and Meganthropus skulls, reconstructions made by Grover Kranz in episode 131 and 132 of the Bigfoot Discovery Museum show. He favorably compares modern tooth suspected of coming from a Bigfoot to the Meganthropus fossil teeth, noting the worn enamel on the occlusal surface. Meganthropus fossil originated from Asia and the tooth was found near Santa Cruz, California. Some suggest Neanderthal or Homo erectus to be the creature, but no remains of any of those species have ever been found in the Americas. So I do think I will cut it there. Uh, it's about halfway through the script I have presented in front of me, but it's my first one back in a couple of weeks. My throat's getting a little raw. I could just take a break and start recording later, but I do want to get this up today. I am recording it on the day of, which is not completely cool. I don't usually do that. I usually record it in advance and then just put it up uh, the next day or the day after that. Regardless, I want to make sure everything's perfect, but I do want to get something up today. It's Tuesday. It's my day to get a podcast up and going. I figure this one's going to end roughly around 18 to 20 minutes, which is a good time and a nice little reintroduction. Don't forget what I told you at the beginning, though. Follow me on Instagram for a chance to get your hands on one of my books. Maybe it's not that great of a prize, but it's a free book nonetheless, right? Nothing wrong with that. Free stuff is free stuff. Like I said, follow me on Instagram. There's some cool pictures up there as well. And that's at Horror Shots Photography on Instagram. I just put up a new set featuring kind of like a bloody nurse slash patient sort of thing. You can decide for yourself. More like a patient anyway. So until next time, which will hopefully be next week, keep an eye out for the fuzzy and blurry because you never know. It might not be a shadow. It might be Bigfoot.